Well, they, uh, like anyone who's going to, I mean, I've had my work ripped off plenty, like everybody's going to <laughs> yeah. at some point, you know, if, you, yeah. if you're doing it right, people are going to start ripping your work off. Of and um, the people who, like the really egregious people who are going to copy your work and style and, and try and sell themselves as a client of you, they do not need your tools to do that. <laughs> What's up, pals, and welcome back to another episode of Pentool Pals, a friendly graphic design podcast between two graphic designers. My name's Cole from Cool Off Design. And I'm Canvas Cam with Canvas Design Company. Welcome back to the podcast. Cole, what's going on, dude? Not much, man. Just get through the week. Uh, crazy stuff happening. Really excited about a couple of projects on my plate. And uh, yeah, how's everything with you? It's good, man. I've got a few branding projects on my plate right now. Uh, illustration project that's kind of going well i think so um the first run the client didn't like a, a few certain things so i have to go back in but it's kind of difficult because the way i had illustrated it it was kind of the best way to do it if that makes sense so it's going to be a little bit more difficult going in but it'll it'll be fun just trying to figure out this illustration i have to blend a spartan with a lion in the chest area and it's, uh, it's going to be interesting. But other than that, uh, everything's going smoothly. Just, That's uh, sick, dude. I'm um, really stoked. That shirt you're wearing is pretty sick. Thanks, man. Yeah, I got this shirt from Kate Libby, Scout Lib on Instagram. Let's check it out. Um, she came out with these, and she still has these for sale on her website. Just, just saying. But, uh, yeah, you guys should go check it out. Um She's a phenomenal artist. She's done some stuff for us for Pal of the Week. Yeah, she also did a super cool Pen Tool Pal Pal of the Week artwork for us. Um, so yeah, if you're if we're looking for Pal of the Week, yes. If anyone's interested, um, if you have some free time and are interested in getting involved with the podcast, the best way to do so is to make some artwork, post it, tag us. Um, it could be literally anything that you want. Get creative with it, and we're stoked to see what you guys come up with. Yeah, and that's just one way to better get involved with the podcast. Uh, we love sharing your artwork. We love when you guys do it. Uh, it's one thing that you know makes the podcast function. And uh, yeah, we really appreciate when you guys uh, submit your art. So keep that going. Beautiful. Well, uh, <laughs> this week we've got an amazing guest. Uh, he's a super talented illustrator and also founder of True Grit Texture Supply Company, Andrew Fairclough. Yeah, uh, very excited to have him on. I have damn near everything that uh, True Grit has to offer outside of the tools for the programs that I don't use. Um, so yeah, super excited to have him on. He's just a phenomenal illustrator on top of that. Uh, some of the stuff he's come up with has just blown my mind. Like there's this one illustration of a man's torso uh, and shoulders and his face is popping out and inside the face there's like a galaxy uh, and that shit just blows my mind. You know, the level of creativity that goes into that stuff. Uh, I'm excited to dip into his process a little bit and uh, see just how he navigates, see his layer system and all that stuff. I'm always really, really intrigued when uh, an, a designer, you know, shows his process. So I hope, really hope he does that for this one. So, yeah, he's insane. He's worked with an amazing, crazy rotisserie of, of clients and, and artists and bands and brands oh, and it's truly insane. So super stoked to get him on the pod and um, without further ado, let's, let's get him in the chat. Oh yeah. There he is. Hey, how's it going? Hey Andrew, how you doing, man? Good. You good. Good. It's good to well. see you. Good to, good to jump on here. Thank you for being on episode of pen tool pals. No, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Sorry, if, uh, sorry for the technical difficulties. No worries, okay. man. It happens all the time. I've, but uh, I've got a. Long... Can you hear me? Okay, I, I've got a microphone I can use if that's better. I can hear you perfectly. Yeah, same. Okay. If you if cool. you'd like to use a microphone, like feel free. No, totally. It'll take a few minutes to set up. So <laughs> yeah, no, I can I can hear you perfectly right yeah, now. Yeah, so. for sure. So this right. is a long distance pen tool pals episode. So huh? you're all the way in Australia. I am. Yeah. Nice. Pen tool pals. 
Worldwide. 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 Pencil pals. Worldwide. But you also done. work in LA, is that correct? I did. I, I was living in LA for four years um, and I moved back here last year. Very cool. So, yeah, it was just uh, the, the pandemic just became too chaotic and yeah. Australia was pandemic free. So, was, yeah, I don't blame you. Know, was, which is not the case now. But, um, yeah, at the time it was like, yeah, we've maybe done our time in L.A. Maybe it's time to move on. But, For sure. Um, yeah, because yeah, I get back there this year. For sure. Yeah, because I was like, I'm pretty sure he's like in L.A., and then, mm. yeah, we got to talking and then, yeah, come to find out you were back in Australia, but. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, no, I'll get back later this year. Yeah. Was uh, was Kindred Studio started in LA or Australia? What was like the beginning of the journey for you and uh, with design? Uh, that was Australia. Yeah, that was like, I want to say like 2005. I was working in an ad agency in Sydney and um I was just doing little bits and pieces of freelance for, you know, like a friend had a skate clothing company and, you know, like everybody's starting yeah. stuff. And um, uh, around that time, I quit my job and moved to Whistler for a couple of years just to go snowboarding and uh, kind of like start freelancing full time, really. Like I, I didn't want to go and work and like, a snowboard shop or whatever I'd done that before and um around that time I sort of had the opportunity uh, you know like I, I guess my you know my dream client at that time was working for snowboard brands doing board mm-hmm. graphics and you know ad campaigns and and what it, I mean it was all print back then but yeah. um uh, yeah, around that time, I kind of had the opportunity to, I, I kind of hooked up with these guys in Southern California that had a small, um, small design studio and, and they needed help. They had a lot of sort of, um, you know, snowboard clients in particular, they were ex-pro snowboarders. Um, and, um, I just started helping them out doing branding and board graphics and landed a couple of big clients that way. And, yeah, it all kind of went from there. And so I spent two years in Whistler um, and, and, you know, back and forth down to Vancouver quite a lot. And, um, uh, yeah, it just kind of led to full-time freelancing, really. I just, you know, it really was just kind of jumping into the fire. Like I had no other prospective income. I, mm-hmm. I wasn't allowed to work in Canada at the time. It was sort okay. of like I was running my freelance business from Australia while, you know, vacationing. Um, <laughs> there you go. Canada. But that, that kind of led to a sponsorship with the Canadian company, like a okay. um, snowboard apparel company that um, uh, was actually founded by Chip Wilson, who um, uh, founded Lululemon. Um, so before he did that, he had a, a, a sort of, you know, foundational heritage snowball brand called West Beach, which was sort of Canada's big, you know, it was it was a big deal back in the day. And That's um, awesome. so I was creative director there for a few years, but, um, you know, more in a freelance capacity, really. I was back and forth to Vancouver a lot and but back to Sydney. And, yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. So, that was a good full full spectrum of like i love it finish. let's go let's go back towards like the, the beginning part of it a little bit mm-hmm. so it was snowboarding okay. something that you were like really interested in as a sport that led you to want to like create the snowboard graphics or you're already so, somewhat in the industry at the time uh yeah it was i mean i i actually studied business at university um okay. And like majoring in tourism and I kind of, my rationale for that, I mean, I guess I just like lived to surf and snowboard when I was younger and, um, you know, still lived to surf. Um, And, you know, I kind of saw that tourism angle as a way to kind of, you know, live an eternal winter, I guess, <laughs> at some point. Um, and, you know, like straight out of university, I, I 
ended up working for a, a ski travel company and um very quickly I just realized I just loathed that industry like the travel industry like <laughs> humble just, beginnings I, yeah it was just like why, why did I spend three years at uni doing this you know yeah, yeah. I could have just left high school and done this this is such a terrible industry it's, I mean it just wasn't it's crazy me. a lot of it was very sales driven I guess yeah it just wasn't it wasn't for me it was high pressure there was some you know my employer was a bit sketchy and yeah um you know that definitely pushed the boundaries to my mind of you know um, morality at times with some of their customers and clients and I don't know I, I just kind of wanted to get out of it and um yeah so I kind of quit that and the first time around moved to Whistler for again like 18 months two years and just was like a total snowboard bum and <laughs> whilst doing that I realized like you know, I kind of connected with a lot of friends who are mm-hmm. graphic designers and illustrators and, and I'd always like been, you know, really good at drawing and design in, in school, but um, sort of got talked out of going into that industry by a high school careers advisor. Who of course, they, of course was, you did. It's yeah. Cra- no, it's crazy. Like, like you know, the misconception that, you know, people have to where they think you, they have to go to college or university to do something in the art world you know it's like i i did a few years of college and you know a buddy of mine who graduated from a college here in california he ended up graduating and telling me like don't waste your money like go get your street miles and we say that on the podcast a while uh, or all the time it's like you know it's the street miles is what's going to get you the experience in the industry it's not like going and spending all this money now there are designers who definitely can benefit from going to college and doing all that stuff. I'm not knocking that, but it's one of those things where it's like artists can survive without going to a university to get, you know, experience and all that stuff. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think some people just like have an eye for it too. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, I, you know, I didn't, I applied for college to go back and do design at college. Yeah. And just didn't um, sort of in the meantime, I got a, uh, uh, you know, like an entry level position in that agency, just like, you know, production stuff, really. Yeah. Like they called it a design job, but it was, you know, ad production for, mm-hmm. um, you know, real estate. Yeah. <laughs> That's very similar um, to what I was doing. So I hear you. Yeah. 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 Totally. And um, yeah, I think it's a pretty common, you know, it's, there's a lot of work like that out there. Let me say yeah, that. But it, sure. it kind of worked out well because the agency I was working for, they were growing at the time and they kind of went from doing, you know, they kind of had two divisions doing this like down and dirty, just sort of, you know, local, um, uh, you know, newspaper print advertising for yeah. all the big real uh, real estate groups in Sydney. But also, you know, at the same time, they were working with big developers on, you know, there was like a, a condo boom in Sydney at the time. And, you know, I kind of got, I guess they just, they saw something in me and I, uh, you know, very quickly sort of over the space of a couple of years went from like junior designer to, you know, senior designer and art director. And, you know, I I went back and did some other, you know, like um, I went to ad school and, you know, did all that sort of stuff. And, um, you know, did some, some, branding courses and stuff like that. I wasn't completely unguided, but yeah, largely kind of self-taught. To a certain there you extent, go. So. Yeah. I had to um, learn on the job. I was also in advertising for about four years and you know, it, it's, it's good to have those, that experience because it'll definitely teach you how to navigate when you do decide to go freelance. Like if I didn't, if I didn't have all that knowledge, I probably wouldn't have been able to survive as a freelance artist, you know? Yeah, totally. And I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I would like, you know, become friends with the suits at the agency and, <laughs> you know, like, how do you invoice? How do you cost things? Yeah. Blah, 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 you know, like, and you'd be one part horrified because you'd realize you were making 40 bucks an hour and they were yeah. hiring you out at like $800 a day Yeah, damn. on, you know, photo shoots or whatever. But, um, you know, it definitely taught me a lot about pricing and how to yeah. deal with clients and presenting like presenting to oh, clients dude like, yeah that's you such know, a big I, part I think particularly, 
Yeah, and I think like if you are, I don't know. I mean, I can. I think it just depends on people's on designer or illustrator's skill sets as to what path they take. But like for me, I would have been an absolute shit show if I'd yeah. gone straight from college into freelancing or whatever without yeah. like just kind of like learning to stand in a you know in a boardroom and present yeah. to like. A multi-millionaire, you know, right? Like, yeah, it's such a it's, it's a huge thing that's actually not talked about enough is how if you're going to run into the world of freelance, that you're actually going to do a whole different section of the business that you may have yeah. never actually been in a part of before. Yeah, so like it would be a, yeah. an amazing illustrator, but if you can't speak or communicate well to a client, or if you can't um extract information needed prior to like creating artworks or whatever before like you're in an agency maybe you're just given a brief and everything's already laid out for you yeah. and you're, you're creating it so now you're actually just like wearing all the hats that you may have not had previous 100 yeah yeah exactly and i think like learning to sell your work and, and even explain your work in a way that clients can understand and and you know if you can if you can deal with like you know the the head of a you know multi-billion dollar um property development company and like explain your work to them then you know it's going to be a lot easier when you get to working on you know smaller freelance clients and stuff yeah. like that and and, and the people who are probably more excited to be working with you oh, for to, sure. if we can be and, honest you know and for so, you it's probably um, less intimidating to take on like you know a smaller client because like you feel more confident about it as a freelance artist dude taking on like a big client it's like kind of scary because there's so many so many high expectations of you when you're working with like a, when you're going from here to a smaller client it's got to be like more comforting more comfortable you know navigating pricing and all that stuff yeah and also i think if there's like you know i think with smaller clients you have like a lot more rapport i mean that corporate yeah. world that's like a whole different you know it's a lot of a lot of pressure and a lot yeah. of, um, uh, you know, I, I mean, I, at least I found, you know, there was a lot of pressure internally. Um, you know, you've got a whole team working on a big pitch and, you know, just, I, I don't know, co corporates, they're very, yeah. you know, that world, <laughs> I hard found hard. it very intimidating. <laughs> yeah, um, for sure. Because they can make your life misery if they want to. Totally. Um, and it's not always your fault. I mean, that's a large reason of why I sort of got off that um, mm -hmm. that freight train, you know, the, the, I don't know, advertising. And I believe it's even worse these days. But, you know, the idea that you could be sitting there with your whole weekend planned ahead of you at, at 4 p.m. on Friday and then... Dude. You know, I know the, exactly. the head of accounts walks in, <laughs> walks into the studio and is like, "Hey, we're pitching Qantas. Uh, <laughs> everybody is working weekends for the next month." And you're like, Jeez. "You idiots know this is a political pitch, right? Like they have no <laughs> intention of leaving their current agency." Like. Yeah, 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 but we just have to, you know, it's it's great that we've got a seat at the table. Like, oh man, great. <laughs> yeah, just so I just I got I got fed up with that, and I like, talk to you. friends who are now, you know, you know, big creative directors and big ad groups and stuff like that. Like they're still dealing with that stuff. It's gotten worse, you know, mm -hmm. um, because it's it's um, it's so much more competitive now, and you know, you've yeah. got tech involved and. Yeah, it's wild. But some for people sure. thrive on that too, you know. Yeah, it's for like, sure. I, well, the difference between plenty of people who like love the game and um, you know, that's great. One of the big differences too when it comes to the corporate world and like the freelance world is in corporate, they don't necessarily celebrate being an individual artist or having like your own particular style. You know, sometimes yeah. it fits better to have a, ver yeah. a versatile designer that has many hats totally. and can do all this different tricks and whatever but then as a freelancer you come out and you have your own style and it's great and it seems like people continue to hire you for that particular yep. thing and that rolls into it and it seems like you've definitely found that style and i'm, I'm sure. curious how how that kind of began was that during your your process at the agency or was that like at an earlier age and you were kind of doing it on the side anyways um 
Yeah, it was, yeah, like at an earlier age, but also, you know, while at the agency. I mean, to a certain extent, I think that a lot of that was kind of like influences mm-hmm. um, at that stage. Um, you know, like a lot of, uh, a lot of my influences were more, you know, like, essentially skateboarding and snowboarding artists you know like street art that kind of stuff like artists like you know evan heckox and uh, michael leon and all those guys that sort of like were working for chocolate skateboards Mm -hmm. and um girl and and all those sort of brands back in the day so um you know screen print heavy a lot of use of halftone and Mm. bitmap imagery a lot of collage art a lot of hand-drawn like particularly with evan heckox um hand-drawn work um yeah so and i would just try everything i mean it was just like i don't know a a mishmash of different styles and you know i think i could probably go back today and look at a bunch of that stuff and mm-hmm. be like oh that's ripping off so-and-so that's ripping <laughs> off. you know like yeah i, I feel mean, like that always is how you tell anyone starts right it's like yeah. you're gonna know what you like before you're able to no, make it your own totally there's yeah. there's a handful of things i look back on my work and it's like there's a little bit of dave quiggle in there and all that yeah, stuff yeah but, yeah, yeah, yeah but to to kind of shift to kind of shift gears a little bit like you've you have such like an amazing style and you know it's like I look at some of your work like there's this one piece that you just recently posted I think you posted a few times where you know it's like a cosmic thing where the uh there's like a silhouette or like a body the shoulder but the face is coming out and then there's like uh like a space in there oh yeah Uh, Yeah, i just i I admire the hell out of your work your illustration uh work because it's like it's so like it's kind of outlandish uh, in a lot of ways um but yeah no like how did you how long did it take you to kind of perfect that style and how when did you have this like like click in your brain where it's like all right I'm going to try to really do some weird shit um I mean I think that was probably I mean that style probably came about I started working on that kind of thing probably about 7 or 8 years ago okay um yeah my style evolved over time it's sort of like largely came from um you know that that i guess just the pen and ink mm-hmm. um style largely came from you know just a love of like old advertising clip art from the yeah. sort of 50s 60s 70s um you know my uh my mom worked at a local newspaper in the town i grew up in and okay. uh, you know after school i would go and hang out with the graphic designer and you know annoy him with every question under the sun about <laughs> yeah. you know how how he worked and you know back back then that was sort of I think they were probably only just moving to digital at that point and they had um these huge like a in my mind they were like AO sized scrapbooks full of clip art nice. and like they they literally had a pile of them like you know That's nearly cool. six feet high. Yeah. Damn. And um, I would just flick through them and they just, I don't know, that it, even then it felt very nostalgic to me. So that was sort of, that's one part of the influence, I guess. Okay. And then, you know, I kind of been working in that style or, or trying to recreate that style for a really long time. And, um, you know, over time developed it, but. Um, You're fucking phenomenal. Then sort know. of conceptually, it was more, I don't know. I just, uh, you know, again, it's just like a lot of different, styles and artists and concepts and yeah. um didn't really i mean i guess kind of like more you know psychedelic art and surrealism and yeah um uh you know that's kind of what came to you know it's combining combining those styles i mean it doesn't really look like either or it's just mm. like a combination yeah. of one style with um you know another movement of art uh, that is traditionally done in a very different style so yeah i don't know it's it's uh it's yeah a long work in progress for sure um so it's funny we i make a i make a joke on this podcast all the time because 
I have damn near everything that you sell through True Grit Texture Supply. Oh, so really? For yeah, everybody right. listening, uh, I mentioned True Grit Texture Supply on this podcast all the time. And uh, it's definitely, I, I probably use your tools for damn near everything that I do. But uh, I make this joke all the time to us. So when we talk about it, I'll go like, sponsor us, True Grit Texture Supply. But I didn't realize, oh, I didn't realize until like, yeah, I didn't realize until recently is true get texture supply just you. It's just like a one man, a one man operation. Pretty much. I've got a few people. Um, you know, I have a, a, a friend in Canada who does um, customer support. Okay. Gotcha. And, um, you know, a design assistant uh, in Australia who, um, you know, helps out with production of products and okay. campaigns and stuff like that. Um, more in a freelance capacity. Um, and she used to be in LA as well. We, gotcha. all, we you know, all kind of moved back here around the same time. Gotcha. Um, but you know, it's yeah, I work with an ad agency in LA. So yeah, gotcha. I mean, it's predominantly there's no full time employees other than me, but work in a freelance capacity quite. Yeah, well yeah, for with, sure. With other artists and and collaborators. So awesome. Yeah, I, and you I, came I've out with something kind of new today, about, right? Uh, yes, it's Clip uh, Studio Paint. It, uh, New and old, yeah. So okay. it's um, converting, you know, ba- basically just importing a bunch of products over to use in Clip Studio Paint, which okay. um, if you don't know, it's a, it's an app. It's kind of like Photoshop for graphic novelists and comic artists. It's, oh, it's okay. you used predominantly by comic artists. Um, it's a really great app. It's kind of like, it's almost like Photoshop, Illustrator, and InDesign all rolled into one. Oh, no way. Okay. Um, but it has a really, you know, I, I think comic artists tend to really love it for yeah. its brush engine. The, the brush engine's been really good for a long time, a lot longer than um, Photoshop's, I guess. And um, it used to be called Manga, Manga Studio. Oh, um, yeah, it's a, yeah. It's I a Japanese app. I yeah, used to yeah, have yeah. that. So yeah. they, they rebranded, I don't know, maybe three or four years ago. Um, but yeah, we just had like a lot of requests over, I would say a good portion of my day for the last three years has been fielding questions on social media <laughs> gotcha. about when, when we're going to make stuff for Clip Studio. So, um, but they, they've sort of really improved their brush engine recently. So nice. it, was, it was kind of time. Hell yeah. I, just, I totally admire so, that you were able to take your style of art and then fill a gap within the industry, which is like totally. how artists like Cam or myself will be able to use something to enhance our everyday work through something. Oh, dude, I use Vector Savior like every fucking day. <laughs> oh, really? It is like, yeah, it yeah, is yeah. like it, that. I use the uh, Vector, uh, I think it's called Hardware. But yeah. I'll I'll yeah. use those things all of the time just to kind of yeah. uh, so much so I use I use your tools so much so that uh, my friends who are sisters they both got me uh, gift cards for Christmas for, <laughs> for you so I just oh really awesome. I just I at this point I just pick up tools just if I don't have them and I'll figure out a way to use them so I have so many. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's gotten to the point now where I'm making tools that I ne- wouldn't necessarily using my personal work yeah. except to experiment with them and just have a bit of fun and you, you know like they're I don't know I mean a lot of the tools they're just like they're, they're almost a way to just I think expand expand your style and experiment yeah. it's almost like forced experimentation which I, I think is really um a really nice way to work sometimes particularly if you're like when you're a bit younger and you're still trying to find your style Mm -hmm. um it can be really helpful but i mean you know there's i mean i've been fortunate to see plenty of artists who sort of supported trigger it right from the start yeah and you know now that it's five years old i've seen some of these guys and girls go from like you know um you know, early stages of their career, finding their style to like full blown, just going crazy. Yeah, you know, there must be landing so cool big clients. Oh, it's so cool. Like John Cut. I don't know if you know that guy. The high road design. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, uh-huh. 
Yeah, so we just did a tutorial with him, and he's just such a boss. Like his <laughs> he story is a lot so of cool. That, that like, grit. It's it's really cool. He does. Yeah, yeah. his his style is just un. He it, does have he has that hand painterly kind of style, similar to like that roughness that you have in, in a lot of your work. So that's cool that the connection is there. Yeah, totally. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's he's awesome, and Blaze Brooks, um, he's, he's an illustrator from oh uh, yeah from New York, like. And in like five years, he's just, you know, his work was always great when he was first, when I first became aware of him, but just like seeing how his work has progressed has just been yeah. so cool. And yeah, lots of, you know, Dohee Kwan and we did a tutorial with her, her like Very her cool. work as well, just seeing that. Yeah, it's it's really, it, it's really fun. For it, sure. It's kind of cool to... Can I show you something I, I just finished recently for a brand that uh, I did their branding kit for? I used Vector totally. Savior through the entire thing. And awesome. Here, I'll share this real quick and then we'll get back to it. But yeah, I did this whole thing basically using Vector Savior and a lot of oh, uh, wow. other things. But uh, it's just kind of riddled through here. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, yeah. I did all of this texturing down here, yeah. but like... Yeah, I used it for half tones and just kind of like a something kind of here in the background. Yeah. But yeah, dude, like uh, exactly yeah, awesome. what you were saying uh, just a few minutes ago was like the elevation of my work was definitely through the tools that, you know, I use. Uh, and it just kind of pushed me to keep, you know, getting better and figuring out something else and different ways to use your tools and stuff like that, too. Mm. But yeah, so this is going to go on the inside of a box. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. So when people open up the packaging, this will be kind of what they see. This is a kind of a CBD brand, but yeah, dude, no. Oh, yeah, right. Gotcha. But yeah. Yep. Launching brains into outer space. Oh, yeah. So what, <laughs> so what, what made you, like, what was the beginning of True Grit? Like, did you just go like, all right, I'm creating these for myself. Why not sell these? Did you see like an immediate demand for texturing in a graphic design space? Uh, it was a bit of a, I wouldn't say something done on a whim, but I, I, um, I got approached by Skillshare to create a, um, a Skillshare class. And I did that. And a lot of it was just kind of divulging like all my old, like old school tricks and tips for making like hand making textures and then how Ooh. to sort of digitize them and, use them in your work and it was very it was very kind of basic um you know a lot of even some of the digital um techniques shown in there now that uh, you know they're kind of outdated i guess but yeah. um uh it was hugely successful and um i just had a lot of students asking me like hey have you ever thought of selling any of your brushes or textures and mm -hmm. um yeah i just kind of thought oh that's not a bad idea. Like I had this huge archive of years worth of like, you know, half built brushes and, mm -hmm. and textures and sort of vaguely organized, but not too organized. And yeah, I just set myself like a bit of a task over the space of a couple of months to just, you know, organize things, transfer some of them into a more usable format, like brushes. You know, I have like half tone sheets that I would just use. In, yeah. Yeah, I'd made a couple of brushes with, but then predominantly a lot of the time they would just get dumped into a PSD file and masked in. And so, you know, converting them into more usable formats or expanding the collection of brushes and stuff like that. And yeah, yeah to, to my surprise, it, it really took off. I was really no nervous about launching it. I didn't know what, you know, people would think or whether people would want to even use pre-made products. Um but I just kind of knew that they were really useful to me. And it was, you know, a shame to have them sitting there on the shelf. Yeah. You know, only being used by one person when, you know, I kind of knew that, like, I can use them in my style, but what, what can other people use them for? And, for sure. You know, there were, I, I definitely had some thoughts in the back of my mind of like, what if this means that everyone just comes along and rips off my style? And right, of course. Uh -huh. like, of course. That's you like know, the initial anyone, like, anyone who the... wants to. Well, they uh, like anyone who's gonna. I mean, I've had my work ripped off plenty. Like yeah. everybody's going to <laughs> yeah. at some point, you know. If you yeah. if you're doing it right, people are going to start ripping your work off. Of and um, 
the people who like the really egregious people who are going to copy your work and style and, and try and sell themselves as a client of you, they do not need your tools to do that. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. You know, like yeah, it's replicators, they can do it without your help. That is for yeah. sure. So, yeah, you know, there's always going to be a few people like that out there anyway, but I mean, the vast majority of people, it's, it's like I was saying before, it's just really cool to see the different ways people use the tools. And like, I've learned a lot in my own, practice purely by seeing how other people use the tools and i'm like oh man yeah okay why am i doing it that way i could be doing that way more now. Sure. so yeah almost, almost backwards like like the tools have now been used by so many other people that it's influenced yourself it's like a full yeah. 360 that's cool yeah. yeah absolutely yeah well i think this is actually a perfect time to roll into maybe some showing some of your artwork and we can kind of just run through it and talk about it Okay, so this is an editorial illustration for Pace Magazine um, for an article on Harry Anslinger, who was the sort of, he was an architect of, um, you know, a pretty deep running um, propaganda campaign um, for the, uh, I guess, uh, the Federal Bureau of Narcotics back then, but eventually became the DEA. Uh, DEA. Okay. Um, and it was it was a propaganda campaign, sort of, you know, had a lot of um, racism and, and misinformation in it, um, discrediting the use of cannabis, and it, it resulted in prohibition in in the US and throughout the world. It was kind of the test case, or, or the, you know, uh, the the propaganda that he put out. Mm-hmm. Um, was sort of used in other countries to to ban cannabis. So he's kind of seen as a pretty, I, I actually, you know, I guess in, in, you know, the pro-cannabis world, this story is really well known, but I, I hadn't heard of it. And, um, yeah, it's, it's a pretty crazy, um, yeah. crazy story. But, you know, the idea here, I mean, I guess, you know, process one, I don't know if I had the sketches lurking around actually. Uh, pencils, yeah. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Oh, so um, sick! That's so cool to yeah. see. Here. So that's yeah. Uh, yeah this that was awesome. the basic idea. I wanted to right. kind of, you know, the story very much um, focused on, you know, that he was an architect of lies. It was. It was a very, um a very well planned out um, strategy of formulating lies, formulating bogus scientific reports, using racist propaganda um, uh, to, you know, basically discredit, um, you know, not only the, the, the production of cannabis itself, but the, you know, the business, ultimately the business of it. Um, so, you know, my idea was a lie detector machine, a typewriter, and just these sort of, you know, nondescript hands toiling away in a, in a dark sort of um, office space. So, um, that's super yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, find, at, at I always stage, try to find some know, sort of real reference. Exactly. Like I, I'm very unconfident with my concept sometimes <laughs> and so i'll just get on i stock and i'll be like i'm right there with you you know at the shittiest possible level if i was making a meme about this like <laughs> does right does exactly. compositing these you know these crappy um stock photos convey the the idea you know if you can convey the idea in a in a um a stock photo before even going to like a rough step sketch uh-huh. or you know, some of it's kind of like, can I find references like will, um, you know, is this a way to present the idea, you know, just an overhead shot in its most basic form? Does yeah. that work as a composition, funny? which ultimately I decided it didn't. But um, and that's kind of where I, you know, wound up with these these sketches. So, yeah, it's um, funny how like in the early days of designing, I always felt like I had to overcompensate with you know, creating something that was so perfect beforehand. But then I feel like even now, when the more confident you are, I feel like you're able to create these meme-like or or, uh, really remedial design sketches that help ourselves, like before we even jump into something like full 
with full certainty that at least from yeah start, totally 100 and i mean i guess going into uh, i can probably show you a second project that's a little bit of a cautionary tale in, in terms <laughs> of like going a little bit too far yeah with your initial concepts um but we'll we'll come back to that in a minute um sure yeah so i mean that's a finished product um so with this one you know like um i think maybe the first step was uh i maybe like drew out a basic maybe the basic shapes in illustrator but you know the the main um probably the most most daunting part of this was just getting the hands right because yeah drawing hands is hard i really needed so to you know uh for me at this stage and, and still so i i can't just sit there and draw hands out of my straight out of my brain um, so, so you know pulling references um you know doing this was kind of partly traced partly not um mm -hmm. i used this Shutter, I think I bought this Shutterstock photo um, with a reference license, and, um, and even just with that went one, there. it's like so blurry. Like I, I'm so amazed that you're able to use something like that to be able to get something like this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's I mean, so much I'll imagination still needed. I'll play around a lot with um, you know levels and curves to kind of bring out like yeah, the really nice. obvious shadows and stuff like that, and um that kind of thing um so that i can really you know figure out where to put my feathered shading and stuff like that so yeah i mean this like i mean i guess what you can probably gather so far is you know it's it's a really cobbled together almost like yeah you know collage approach to putting mm. um an image like this together so sure, yeah. you know that's kind of where that starts eventually that gets bitmapped into a um a bitmap tiff image but um it's so funny because like uh, there was there was a point in my early days uh, as an illustrator to where you know i thought i had to be completely original with everything and you know it's like it was almost like you know forbidden that you know you use reference and stuff like that uh, and, and that's just poor teachings from my dad who was also an illustrator who you know whatever but you know reference reference for anything is just so it's it's a part of it you know it's a yeah, it's a totally. part of the entire process to you know get things you know done because people will look at it and go like well you know your hands aren't right you know this this typewriter thing is a little off and so it's like it's it's a mainly like a level of security for yourself you know to to get everything well proportioned and looking correct I've always it, it, thought of it as like someone walking into a tattoo parlor and if they wanted someone to draw like the body from scratch or to draw it from their mind, like the end of the day, they just want to make sure that their proportions are correct. Yeah. hundred percent of it. And totally. Like, they don't care how it gets done. Yeah. And I mean, that's, you know, done. that's a big thing in, you know, with editorial design uh, illustration too, it's like pretty tight turnaround. You don't have a lot of time to mess around. Yeah. And, you know, once you get that pencil right, you kind of want to, get going from there and yep. just you know particularly with this one because it's like there's a lot of detail here there's a lot of mm -hmm. concepts and um it kind of helps to lean on references so you know um draw the hands output them into um i think that's just like maybe uh i think i've just dropped that in as a layered pst file nice. um and then you know for the the lie detector typewriter I've, I've set up these um where are we here where this grid is oh there we go yeah so i set up a grid so the mm -hmm. you know kind of a custom grid yeah um, the grid is cool because it like the grid is cool because it like bends with the paper yeah folds with it yeah yeah, yeah totally um yeah, I think I like, yeah, specifically drew that up so that I could use it to, I think these leaves, these weed leaves here are, uh, maybe I used, I don't remember how I did that, but I think I, I'm pretty sure I used a uh, envelope distort for that. So I nice. you know, drew, I used the grid to draw a, uh, like I, I drew the leaf vector, then drew a, a grid um 
like a rectangular shape in the grid and uh, used oh, yeah. envelope distort to reshape it. You can see the original leaf there. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, I've got this, uh, let me see if I can bring this reference image to the top. I'll just turn everything else off. Yeah, so I like, I use this like old typewriter to draw the keys and then. Um, that is so cool, dude. Um, yeah, referencing just like, the little I mean, I just and kind of and freehand paper. drew everything else, right? Like it's yeah. on a grid, so it's in Illustrator and just referencing all these old things, you know, like I had, there's probably other reference images lurking around elsewhere of like old Moog synthesizers and stuff like that. Like I, I love playing with and um, drawing old analog synthesizers. So I used a lot of that kind of, you know, visual language. Oh, where are we here? Dials copy maybe? Yeah, okay. Yeah, so, I mean, I got into like, I mean, this is un an That's insane. Yeah. Detail, really. <laughs> the fact like, that you, that's a design within a design. Oh, for sure. It's just, it's for my own personal <laughs> nerdy gratification let's face it this um, is this is why you're the master of your craft man yeah yeah I mean, even, so even the difference from this sketch to what i saw as your final like i see you have your full vectored weed leaves but then with your final you have like the actual line yep. work marks exactly scratching mm -hmm. through and it's that yeah. small so this detail is just, that's just unbelievable it's just a reference right like mm. yeah but, you know, I guess because I wanted to get that, the, the shape, I mean, it's a hard, like I could not possibly, actually, I must have transformed these in, in Photoshop looking at that now, because that's not right. But um, yeah, you just kind of want to get it right. Like, yeah, um, it would totally. be fine to just slap it on like that. But, um, but I, I mean, I guess the, the point of showing you this is that, you know, like, I couldn't hand draw this in Photoshop, you know, like getting all these dials right and, yeah. and that kind of thing. I mean, for me, I could definitely do a, a much more simple version of this mm -hmm. um, for sure. But once you kind of commit to like, okay, the hands are going to have this level of detail, then everything else has to have that same yeah, level of totally. detail. And I think I kind of felt like that was important in the storytelling of the image. So, um, so yeah, that goes from there into, so, you know, I sort of keep my files in like, a, um, what have I got here? Yeah. So I've got my like vector files in here and then, um, in my images, I've got my like composites. Um, so what's that? That is, that's, that's incredible, dude. Do you have like an extra flash drive or hard drive that you back up your files? Because my my computer is almost completely tapped out, and I can only imagine how how much more each of your your file sizes are. Um, I mean, this isn't that big. I don't think it's like five hundred meg. Oh, dude, I've got um, I've got some serious firepower on mine. I've got like a terabyte hard, no, two terabyte hard drive inside my computer, then an external hard drive. And then an yeah. additional uh, terabyte uh, to back up my computer. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same. I've, I've got like four terabytes of backup and mm -hmm. maybe a one terabyte SSD and another terabyte internally that I don't use. I just keep it, you know, just for like a few internal documents and stuff yeah. like that. But I try to keep my actual machine as clutter-free as possible and Me just too. run directly to um, a nice fast... Yeah. SSD. So I have just um, I have yeah, nightmares files, about losing all of my files. Big. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Back up. Do mm -hmm. you use Backblaze? Uh I use uh was it uh Time Machine. I've got this okay. uh I forgot the the brand, but it's a, like a Time Machine backup. Yeah. So it'll back up my computer once a day. So and then the external what, to the cloud down. or what was that? like a cloud backup as well no no it's not a cloud backup it's uh, like okay. a, yeah it's like a actual uh thick hard drive that's uh i think it's like a terabyte right yeah so. yeah yeah Yeah, i do time machine and then i also use backblaze which okay any listeners out there if you haven't heard of backblaze i haven't 50 dollars a year or thereabouts and it continually backs up 
your machine and all your drives to the cloud. Exactly. And and I had a I had my time machine fail once and I had to use it and it was like an absolute lifesaver. Oh shit. Um yeah, it's amazing. Okay. It's so good. I mean, you you know, you obviously need decent upload speed for it. You can set it to just back up overnight. Okay. Um, but oh man, it's such it's just like so reassuring. I never worry about like anything corrupting now because I essentially have two backups one in the cloud so yes yeah. this episode um, brought to you by true to grit texture supply yeah yeah, 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 yeah. i'm not i'm not an affiliate i do not get paid for that um, yeah. <laughs> yeah so you can see so i mean basically then i'm like get these vector files into oh, um you know I copy them into photoshop i just do it by hand i don't try mm-hmm. and export stuff in layers it's too much Around I was just and- about to ask you that because we had uh, uh, Fugue Strader on the pod a few weeks ago, and he was saying yeah. he went from Illustrator and opened up his uh, opened up the Illustrator file in Photoshop and stuff like that. Yeah, you can do that now. I like. I mean, this illustration is probably like five years old. I think I did this when I first moved to LA. So. Okay. Um, uh i think photoshop yeah like the export functions and like the ability to open illustrator files yeah. in layers in photoshop are a lot better now but i still like to do it manually um of course, just yeah. i don't know my old school screen printing background is just uh-huh. like <laughs> everything is like my file sizes match i've got yeah. you know, crop marks and registration and everything just kind of locks in place so i have a pretty good process for that but there you go um Spacebar, what is that? Oh yeah, okay. So, um, yeah, I mean, you can see it's like it's all kind of in layers. You know, yeah. these are all the vector layers, and then they've all been distressed separately. I think I actually used. Did you use True Grit Distress Press? I did. I did. Mm-hmm. I used yeah, that I thing like own... a motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I kind of have my own um, sort of. Um, my own little sort of version of that like a few presets that i've just like tweaked Ooh. a little bit and duplicated and just like real quick and dirty for hell yeah like, rather than going through the whole custom yeah. process but mm-hmm. um yeah so i distress all of them you can see like you know it's a lot more rough and detailed mm-hmm. that's just something that um, just and, these, and then like you, you almost like that's something that is so apparent but you could never imagine like zooming in all the way down into uh-huh. the thing and, and realizing what really goes into making a whole composition look like it pulled out of a 1960s newspaper. Yeah. This is a real treat. I've got a massive design boner right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I think one of the big things too that I discovered with vector work too is um, like using the, um, the width brush tool. Mm-hmm. on strokes like this so they don't look completely uniform yeah um so it looks like it's been hand painted with a brush i mean you know like a lot of the time now you know like i'll do this in photoshop with inking brushes but for something like this it has to be so clean and straight yeah of course um you know there's there's no easy way to draw a straight line like that in photoshop um you know uh procreate maybe a little bit better for doing that but mm-hmm. um uh, and Clip Studio, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's a really good trick for sure. Um, but yeah, it's just like a lot of this is just like slowly adding texture and masking and um, where are we? Where's all these little control panel? Yeah, you can see like like everything's kind of masked. Um, that's cool like all the textures are masked in there. Mm -hmm. So like using clipping masks, that's like a really big thing for me. I mean, all the tutorials that come with a lot of the True Grit products, they all Mm -hmm. have a fair bit of detail about using clipping masks at at a pretty basic level. Cause I mean, it's, I mean, I remember when I first learned about clipping masks, I I learned them from like a a fashion photo retoucher in Vancouver. And it was like mind blowing to me at the time. It was just like, Oh man, why have I been doing this the hard way for so long? <laughs> I feel that um, it's always those things that just make your five-hour design process turn into something you could do in a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I mean, that's really it. I mean, there's not like 
Um, you know, like I said, I, I you know pasted the the um, the weed leaves in there as reference, and then redrew over the top with a brush, and then God, man, I probably looking at that, I would say I distressed that as well. Yeah. Um, the grid ended up getting reused as grid paper that got distressed. Um, I mean, it's pretty much all true grit textures in here, actually. Mm -hmm. There's probably a couple of my own private stash in here, but yeah. Um, you know, putting a little off-white grade over the top is mm -hmm. a nice way to unify your colors because everything has that sort of 15% yellow running through it. So yeah. it kind of helps um, bring it all together. Um, you got that dead subtle paper on there? Uh, I might. Yeah, I probably do. Yeah. Cam is, is just like, oh. Is it actually named in there? Can you see that in the layers? Huh? Name that somewhere. Oh, yeah, Dead Soul. There we oh, go. I didn't even, I, honestly, I didn't even see that. Yeah. To be completely yeah. honest, I just, I use That's... Dead Subtle sometimes. So. Yeah, it's great. It's like one of my, it's mm -hmm. like not one of our best-selling brush sets. Mm -hmm. Um but it is so useful. Oh, so useful. Um, even the like, even that like record, uh, that record layer, I'll yeah. use it. I'll use it for a project here and there. But yeah, dude, no, it's uh, it's a it's a very useful tool. Yeah, I don't know if I've even got that saved in here. Uh, let me just import them. That's little. There you go. Boom. There we go. There we yeah. go. Yeah. So you got like, I mean, I really like these, like, uh... yeah. Oh, where are we? Oh. Oh, there's a mask there. <sighs> Oh no. So I'm trying to put it over the mic. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, like it's, I mean, it's almost like instant paper texture, right? And yeah. they, they just kind of blend together. So you can just like stamp it on there so quickly. And now you got that. And then if you flick it around to white. Yeah. You change your foreground color to white. It's like such a quick and dirty way to, to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I really like it. All right, so one more. So this here's the cautionary tale part of mm -hmm. the the uh, story. So I got approached. I've done some. I think maybe this was my first work with Pearl Jam, but uh, Eddie Vedder from Pearl Jam. He was doing a mm -hmm. tour. He was playing this um, show in. I want to say it was like on a on a like on a prancing horse ranch in um, we'll find out in a second when I open up the, the pitch document, but uh, so it was pilgrimage fest in, okay. Oh, wow. Where are we here? Oh, I'm going to have to open this in some other way. Um, if you just left click it, you can go open with, yeah at the top yep and then you can go wherever preview no, okay. like, you can, yeah there we go uh yeah so it's like pool uh pilgrimage festival uh in tennessee so it's on this old like prancing i don't know what they're actually called but it's like this style of like show horsing Mm -hmm. um where uh like even the horses get all dressed they've got like decorations on their ankles stuff like that and they kind of it's like a prancing horse i don't know it, it's yeah. super weird but anyway eddie was doing the <laughs> show there and the brief was it has to be something to do with the venue we like one thousand percent want this to like really be reflective of the venue Okay. Um, and I just kind of came up, I just thought it would be like quite cool to have like a very off the wall idea to have Eddie sitting on like a wooden rocking horse <laughs> with his ukulele and just like almost like 
riding into the festival on a wooden rocking horse, which yeah. obviously you can't do. I don't know. It just tickled my humor <laughs> bone quite sure. a lot. And I thought it was, I thought I was a genius. And, um, and, you know, I mean, this is kind of like how I pitched it, like these old kind of like prize horse um, illustrations. Yeah. And, um, you know, some references here from other gig posters and like one of my own works. And, um, and to say Eddie was not into it would be an understatement. Uh, <laughs> not into it at all. Very much not into it. Like he was just like, this is not like my vibe. And I kind yeah. of realized pretty quickly that they they basically miss like the, I don't know, the, like what it should have been was like the brief probably should have been like, make it something to do with the um with the venue but make sure there's a skull in there somewhere because <laughs> that's kind of like you know to, to to look back at like yeah um eddie's posters now like his solo stuff it's it's always sort of like a skeleton riding a skateboard or, or something like that because he's kind of got this like coastal surfer skater yeah you know old guy cruiser skateboard vibe and um that's just kind of his brand and and you know i guess the cautionary tale is i didn't pick up on that i I probably shouldn't have paid attention to the brief so much um and i should have worked this up in such detail um you know, I, I definitely went way to, I mean, you can see this. I mean, it's almost yeah, like, basically like finished. it's like one step away from yeah. inking, you know, because I really wanted, I wanted to be confident in my mind that I could get Eddie's likeness right mm-hmm. and um, that the horse would be right. And, you know, I kind of felt like it, it wouldn't make sense selling this concept into them without um, really drawing it up yeah. um, pretty convincingly. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, the concept wasn't right for them. And I, I sort of spent three days on this concept that could have been spent um, on an extra two concepts. So I kind of, you yeah. know, like I kind of used all my time that was allotted for this project and, and sort of had to bow out in the end. And a good friend of mine in Sydney ended up doing the poster, Ben Brown. And um, he is uh, mental Ben on Instagram. Okay. Um, and, you know, he, he did a killer job of it. He kind of did like a, you know, old school Grateful Dead style poster. That's very much his vibe. He's like, you know, Ben's stuff is amazing. He's been doing gig posters for, you know bands like Pearl Jam since the 90s like yeah he was literally doing artwork for the big day out tour in in the 90s so um you know yeah, it was great good. that he ended up doing it but um yeah caution look cautionary tale you know yeah. do do what I did like you know do that rough sketch like what I did for uh for Pace magazine um oh what have I done there sorry I was trying to plug in my machine not my uh wacom tablet there we go uh charge up yeah uh caution and tail but you know look you know at the end of the day this led me to doing you know more work for pearl jam which i was super stoked about you know like it's all like it's worth with projects like that it's not about the money um you know and look you can make good money off selling gig posters to pearl jam fans for sure. for sure, there's not a lot of bands in the world that you can do that with. But, you know, I mean, that project, you know, even though it didn't go ahead, it led to, you know, doing this this um, poster for Pearl Jam and, and actually yeah. going to Chicago for the show. And, um, you know, Amazing. it was awesome. It was like, you know, childhood dream come true. Um, you know, I'm a 90s kid, so I grew up idolising Pearl Jam and the Smashing yeah. Pumpkins and Nirvana and all of that stuff. So just to get to to do a poster for one of those bands was amazing. Yeah, that's awesome, man. What a cool thing to be able to go through your work. Like I, I'm so appreciative that you yeah, were able to open up some of your working files and and share with us uh, the inner workings of of yourself and and your designs. Thank you for that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there we go. no problem yeah it's kind of cool to go back and look at it yourself actually it's like sometimes like that paste magazine thing i can't believe how much work went into that <laughs> it, but um but you know that's one of my favorite like commercial jobs that i've done over the last five years even i mean so most of my time now is spent on true grit so i don't get to do a lot of 
editorial work anymore. Um, but, uh, you know, it's hard to say. I'm sure I would have another favorite editorial job if I was doing more of that work by now. But, um, yeah, that one definitely sticks in my mind. Perfect. That's amazing, man. Um, well, before we go, is there something that you want to leave everyone watching with? And, uh, I mean, first off, just tell everyone where they can find you, where they can get some of your tools and brushes and then, uh, anything that you want to leave them with. Um, so, uh, I guess you can find my, I mean, my personal work, uh, kindredstudio.net. Um, I am uh, at kindred underscore, underscore studio on Instagram and then uh, truegriptexturesupply.com for uh, brushes and textures and plugins and stuff like that. And then um, at truegriptexturesupply on Instagram as oh, well. Yeah. Um, Sponsor us. No, I, was, <laughs> I had to throw that one in there. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, let's do it. I always make the joke of like, you know, different tools that we use and who we're comfortable with and all that stuff. And it's like, Hey, sponsor us. So, but that's always been like a running joke for pen tool pals, but. Yeah. Totally. Hey, you gotta, you gotta, uh, you gotta put it out there. You gotta, uh, <laughs> put it out there in the universe, man. manifest that shit. As, oh yeah. Uh, as, as the kids on Instagram say. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, well, Andrew, yeah. hey, man, thank you so much for uh, coming on Pen Tool Pals and uh, sharing your knowledge, sharing your work. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. It's been a, been a true pleasure, a true great pleasure. So uh, <laughs> thank you so much for being a pal. Boom, boom. Yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, it was really fun. It was uh, thanks for listening to me ramble. Hey, Perfect. usually it's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, awesome. Ooh, everyone's got to so ramble much, sometimes, right? Yeah, thanks for being cool. a pal. Awesome. We'll talk soon. Thanks, guys. Have a good week. What's up, pals? Thank you so much for watching another episode of Pen Tool Pals. Hey, do us a favor. Don't be like a nightmare client and go hit that subscribe button. Make everyone's day just so much better and make our job easier and help us grow the channel. Hey, thanks.